Indian Matchmaking is a reality series on Netflix that went viral during the pandemic and just released season two. I got a chance to sit with the castmates and interview them on my podcast. Whether you're all for arranged marriage or want to swipe left or swipe right, this series on Indian matchmaking has something for everyone. I've partnered with a brand that I love, the Chai Box, because nothing says I love you like a warm cup of chai. I also caught up with the founder, Monica Sunny, on how she built her brand, which caught the attention of Oprah. We'll talk about chai meditation and the rituals that the castmates have around chai death. So this Valentine's Day, the Chai Box presents Behind the Scenes with the cast of Indian Matchmaking only on That's Total Mom Sense. So sip your tea while they spill the tea. Oh, vale, vale. See you there. Hi, everyone. It's Kanika. This week, I interviewed Netflix Indian matchmaking star Sheetal Patel. We discovered that we have several common friends as she went to my home state university, University of Maryland College Park. So that was just awesome. It is such a small world. We talk about how she found the love of her life on her own, but the show led her on that path. And she even gives advice on how listeners can do it, too. Hint, she's a big believer in manifestation and astrology, and she talks about how those things came into play. Listen in. Have you watched Indian Matchmaking yet? Well, you're probably going to want to after this series of interviews. I'm having so many class members on, and I'm so excited for you to dive in. Sheetal Patel is my guest today. She is a reality TV star, influencer, and wellness enthusiast. She's been featured on projects with Bravo and Netflix and is best known for her role on, guess what, Indian Matchmaking Season 2. As a main character, she shares her journey of personal growth to find love. Sheetal has built a community of like-minded women who are focused on their inner journey, self-care, health, and fitness to reach their highest potential. She currently lives between New York City and Miami. So in my next installment on the Indian matchmaking series on That's Total Mom Sense, I am interviewing Sheetal Patel. Sheetal, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me, Kanika. Yes, I love that we we talked offline and found that we have many connections from uh, UMCP in Maryland to Miami to New Jersey. I, I love all the touch points. It's really great. Yeah, definitely. Our community is very small. (laughs) I am excited to have you on because you were such a mainstay on season two, and we're excited to see you on season three. And I want to get to know you better and have my audience do the same. So let's start from the beginning. What was it like for a young Sheetal growing up? So I grew up in a a very traditional Gujarati household. My grandmother lived with us, you know, ever since we were kids. So she helped raise us. And my mom and dad, you know, they got married very young. So my my mom got married at 19. So marriage was a BIA, very young. So it was always a topic of discussion at the dinner table. (laughs) Finding companionship and and getting married was was a big part of, of our upbringing. And, you know, we were told early on that that was, you know, something that was very important. But I think looking back, I realized that maybe my parents weren't able to verbalize it. And I didn't get a chance to talk about this too much on the show. But I think ultimately, you know, their intentions were pure. And it was more about finding companionship more so than that, that title of marriage. Did you live parallel lives with your siblings or, you know, everyone kind of tread their own path? 
Yeah. So I think I, I was a little bit of a, a rebel in that sense. Like I, I definitely tread my own path. So I have two younger sisters and so they both, you know, followed a pretty traditional path of, I went to college as well, but they, they went to college and then they got their corporate jobs and then they got uh, married in their twenties. So, you know, they, they followed, I guess, uh, quote unquote, what would be the traditional path. Whereas for me, you know, I, I went to school uh, for pre-dental. I was a biology major at Maryland. And then when I graduated, I realized, you know, that was not something that I ultimately wanted to do. And I got involved with an energy company. So I was thrown into the energy space. I didn't really have any experience. I sort of worked my way through the company and, you know, we provide renewable options to a lot of companies. So, so in that sense, it's been great. And I'm not married. I'm, I just turned 39. So it was a very unconventional path. Yeah. It's happy belated. <laughs> Thank you. You look fabulous. And I, I think it's, it's so important that we reinvent what societal norms are. Who the hell says that you have to achieve X, Y, Z by a certain age and yeah, I think that's what we should be the new way of thinking and, and mindset for society. Actually, uh, I just had a conversation with my younger cousins who are in their 20s. I tell them, you know, wait until your 30s to mid 30s um, before you even decide to settle down, just because we put all this pressure in our 20s to get married and you don't really know yourself, you know? And I, I think that as you get older, you have a better sense of self. You're able to, you know, vet your potential partners better and, and you know what you're looking for. So I, I do suggest that that waiting is, is good. I, I hope that's the new norm. I mean, I want you to kind of dish on what dating is like in New York. Okay. Um, because I, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are single and would love to settle down with someone, but it's like impossible to find the right people. I don't know why it's so tedious with all the apps, whether you're on Hinge or Bumble or whatever it may be in a metro like New York, I think because there are so many people to to date and to date around. Everybody's trying to trade up and then never actually giving a relationship a chance. And, you know, the dates always end up like fizzling out and nothing actually materializes and it sucks. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I, I haven't been in, in the dating app pool in a while, but, you know, I had sort of, I, you summed it up really well. I, I had sort of a similar experience where, you know, I, w- I would meet people on the apps and then they would just want to stretch out these conversations on the actual app. You know, they, they never wanted to meet in person. So I feel like that's a huge issue right now with the dating apps. It's, I don't know if people are afraid to meet up in person or they can't commit, or maybe a part of it is, you know, that there are so many endless options. So people are, you know, talking to multiple people on these apps so they don't really want to make that commitment. So I feel like that part is tough. And I started to see that when I, when I was dating in my twenties and also in my early thirties, which is why I really relied on, um, you know, and I know I'm, I'm lucky in the sense that not everybody may have this, but I relied on my network, my friends, my family. And, you know, I said, these are the things that I'm looking for. And if, if you know anybody that meets that criteria, I'd love to meet them. And I think one of the, the things that I learned while I was dating was that a lot of times in dating, we talk about red flags. And so it's almost like we're looking for a red flag. You know, if we find something unpleasant, it's a red flag, or if something's uncomfortable, it's a red flag. And I'm not talking about, you know, the glaring obvious ones. Yeah. I think it's really important to get a little more curious and ask questions because you may discount someone who you may think it's a red flag, but then when you find out the why behind it, 
it may be a yellow flag, you know? You, so, right. so I think what I've learned um, in the dating process is to listen to my gut, but also get curious and not form those judgments so quickly and actually ask the questions and get to know someone. So how did Indian matchmaking come to be? Um, and if you can clue us into what the, the casting process is and how they zeroed in on who they did. Including yeah, sure. So I had already been on another show before for Bravo. So that project was a, more of a social experiment. But through that project, I I would I would just get casting calls after that. So I would get things via email or there's a, uh, a website called Backstage Casting. So I would get di- different casting calls. And so we were in the pandemic at the time that that casting call came out. And it was for, you know, they didn't say it was for Indian matchmaking. I had no idea what the show was, but it was a South Asian dating show. And I had already at the time been working with a mindset coach and doing things way outside of my comfort zone. And I was really, you know, mentally in a space where I wanted to genuinely meet someone. The description for the show was you you come on and you can meet your potential match. Uh, there was nothing about a matchmaker or any of that. So I was like, you know what? It can't hurt. And who knows, you know, maybe I can actually genuinely meet someone through this process. And yeah. so I applied and then they reached back out to me. Um, we went through a bunch of different Zoom interviews of my background, what I was looking for, um, things like that. And then finally, after I think it was the third interview, uh, they told me that it was for Indian matchmaking. And I was really excited to work with Simanti. And so the show you were mentioning before, was that in a man's world? Yes, that was in a man's world. Okay. Tell us about that because it's so yeah. That was, um, you know, I, w- I wish we got more press on that because it was such a cool experiment. So there were four different stories about gender bias in different situations. So my particular story was about gender bias in the South Asian culture. And so, you know, I, I always felt growing up that my parents and my family treated me differently than they treated my male cousins. So in the sense that like if we went to a family event, you know, the first thing that they asked me is, are you seeing anyone? Are you trying to meet people? Are you, when are you getting married? And it was very rarely do they ask me about my accomplishments at work or my promotions or, you know, my hobbies and things that I was working on. And, and this was also a few years ago, things have, things have changed since then with my family. But so I, I thought it would be fun to go undercover as a man and see if my alter ego, who was called Raj, it's funny because my boyfriend's nickname is Raj. <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs> I was like, it would be if I, if they actually treated me differently. Um, so it was a social experiment. And so I went into a Diwali lunch with, it was like my whole family and my parents as Raj, you know, it turns out when you look at the two different scenarios, they did treat me differently. So when Raj walks into the lunch, they didn't ask me about my marital status. Uh, It was, oh, what do you do for work? Where are you from? Where are your parents from? My Raj character worked on Wall Street and my dad's very into banking and trading and all that stuff. So he asked so many questions about that. Whereas with me, even though I have an interest in those things, we never had those discussions. Um, And so at the end of the show, my dad watched uh, the side-by-sides and we ended up getting a lot closer from that experience. And, you know, now our relationship is much better, but... What was experience like on Indian matchmaking and and meeting Seema Auntie? To be honest with you, I had a great experience. Like they captured my story uh, pretty accurately to who I am. And when I met Seema Auntie... I, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, she comes in with these biodatas and, you know, you give her your criteria. But I think, I think for me, the experience taught me more about myself in a way than, than it did really even about actual marriage or matchmaking. And I think learning about yourself gets you closer to meeting someone. 
ultimately than even the actual matchmaking process of her bringing in the matches because we we go in with the criteria you know that's that's one of the requirements it's the tangible item that she uses to match you but a lot of times we'll write these things down you know you have this list but i never really looked at what was behind my list you know i put i want somebody that goes skydiving and simandi took that very literally because she matches people based on her generation and the modern arranged marriage or the modern d- dating world is very different from that but what i actually had meant when i said someone skydiving you know i want someone that's open to new experiences so you know so so i think going through the process showed me a lot more of, of what i actually wanted and then did your mindset coach help with that of course yeah so she one of the things that we use in in manifestation is she says you know everyone's view pushed out and so you attract what you are uh so so we worked on that quite a bit and so and and this could be also conditioning but i had a lack mentality where i thought you know i'm getting older i'm not going to meet someone there aren't you know endless possibilities of options of men you know especially in new york it was it was really tough if you're looking for someone that is going to commit to you and you're looking for someone that's positive and all of these things she's like are you committing to yourself are you putting out a positive aura are you reframing certain situations i did start attracting men that were more in alignment with what i was looking for and that were willing to commit i'm not saying that they were the one but i was getting closer and closer um you know the more work that i did with her Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's great. Um, let's plug her. Who, who is she? I want to know her too. Her name's Lauren Sedbond. She has a a lot of videos on YouTube, which are great if you don't want to do one-on-one coaching, but you can also do one-on-one coaching with her, but her Instagram handle is Lauren underscore Sedbond. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of our listeners. Yeah, It has been life-changing for me to, to work with her. Yeah. That's so wonderful. And then, you know, you met Nears through your own network. And Mm -hmm. so how did that come to be? So I was already shooting for the show. And then in December of last year, one of my friends reached out to me because I had put out this, you know, net of saying like, I want to meet someone. And so one of my friends reached out to me and she's like, you know, I have this, uh, this friend in Miami near um, Meta, you know, let's check him out on Instagram and see if you want me to set you up. And so I looked him up and, you know, I was like, at the time I didn't really want to do long distance, but I was like, let me, let me try. I was in a space of trying something new but she actually never followed through. So in January, my middle sister had moved to Boca and her neighbors are doctors and okay. the, the medical community in South Florida, is, it's kind of tight knit, you know, everyone knows each other. So my sister was like, you know, this guy seems kind of great, like based on his Instagram, let me see if like her neighbors, Madhvi and them know him. And they and it ended up, they did. So they reached out to him and they were like, you're going to call this girl. And that's how we met. Wow. So he reached out to me and we ended up talking just via text, like not even on the phone, just via text for two months before we actually met. Um, And I think that was really helpful because, you know, like I said, a lot of times in the city when you're dating, you know, you meet somebody for like an hour or two hours for a drink, whatever it is. And a lot of times you'll be like, oh, well, maybe this wasn't right or that wasn't right. But talking to someone for that long before meeting them, I mean, you you really, I felt like I had a really good sense of, we both felt like we had a good sense of, of who we were as people before we even yes. You talk about that, that you're embarking on this journey, self-discovery, you say. 
So, yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's interesting. I, I had done all of this work uh, with my mindset coach, just figuring out a lot of my limiting beliefs and triggers and, and things that, that I was holding on to from childhood, but you don't really get to put that into practice until you're with another person. And so, you know, my, my boyfriend always says this, but it, it's so true. And I understand this now. And he says, you know, we're each other's mirror. And so a lot of things that used to trigger me or a lot of things that I've been holding on to those things come out, but you know, you, when you're in a relationship and so you, you either learn to work together and you grow from that, which is what we're doing. It's a journey of self-discovery in a lot of ways, but it's also a journey of a partnership of us together growing. So, you know, and and that's sort of what I meant when I said the work doesn't stop because it's, a little bit easier to to work on yourself when you're isolated and there's no one else in the picture. But then, you know, like relationships and friends and family and lots of things, external stimuli can trigger you. And so you you learn to, that stuff comes out and you learn to deal with it. What do you like love most about Nearest that you're like, oh, I finally found my person and I love this. Oh my gosh. I'll tell, I mean, I, he is the goofiest. He holds on to that childlike inner goofy quality. I mean, he doesn't care who's watching him, you know, he'll bust out into a dance move or, you know, he'll, he'll say anything. And it's just, he can turn any situation into just like a fun light situation. And I I just love that about him. He keeps me, he keeps me young. Um, and then what advice do you have for, for those who, you know, are in our demo and they're like, shit, I don't, I don't think I'm going to find it now. Like the pool's just small and just like I said, the, the only thing that you can control is yourself. Focus on yourself. Don't give up on your hobbies and the things that you like. Keep working on that and fulfilling yourself in that sense. And then I would say the other thing is whenever you think, and and I, I've had a lot of moments where I've been frustrated or I'm like, oh, I just want to give up, you know, and I'm lucky I, I have a great network and my sisters, but there was like a little voice that was like, keep going. You know, you just, you hold on to that and you just tell yourself just to keep going a little bit more, a little bit more. And eventually, you know, you build the confidence to get that hope back up, but you're going to have your dips, you know, periods of frustrations and hopelessness, but you, you have that inner faith that just says, keep going. When, again, when you're speaking to this demo, um, you were really vocal about how you decided to freeze your eggs. And I love that you have taken that stance and many other South Asians, mm-hmm. um, like Anish and, um, and Deepika, uh, Mutiala, like are so vocal about it and it's so refreshing. So what, what made you take that decision? And now, you know, you're helping others and encouraging others to do the same if they were scared to. Just making the decision to do that. I think it gives you, it just gives you a sense of peace and also a sense of freedom. You know, a, a lot of times we have the biological clock, you know, and that, that that's not going to stop. And so I think that when you have that insurance policy for yourself, you can, you know, like take your time to meet the right person. You're not in that rush. And and again, you're not operating from, from a place of desperation, which may lead you to make the wrong decision. And is there a life lesson that you learned that you'll impart to your kids one day? I think it's, it's really just being curious and, and not being so judgmental and asking questions and, and trying to get to know people before interpreting. Um, Cause I found myself doing that a lot. I don't, you know, just conditioning from how I grew up. And so I, I would say just, just stay curious. Um, is there a quote that you live by? Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is, is by Oprah. And she says, you don't get what you want. You get what you believe. So I, I, wow. I do, do live by that. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love it. If there's 
any product and it doesn't have to be parenting related at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it could be wellness or an app or something that you're like, this was a game changer for me. Yeah, sure. So it's a, actually it's a lip pencil that I'm using. So it's a company uh, called Citizen Cosmetics. So I'm not like affiliated with them or anything like that at all, but I met them and they're, they're three sisters. I'm also one of three. And so they started their company together and it's, they're South Asian, uh, they're from Pakistan. And so they started this company with, it's like different shades of nude lip pencils and lipsticks. And so they have like every, every shade of nude that would go with our skin. So I just, yeah, so, so I love their, their lip pencils. They're absolutely amazing. You have a retail business too, right? Is uh... So I did, I, I had a, I had a snack bar company. Uh, it was called Amazing Dates. So my, my business partner actually took it over, but I am into health and wellness. And so the genesis of that, that company was started where, you know, we wanted a bar that just only had raw ingredients. So it was just dates, nuts, sea salts. And then we use this uh, nut called Baruca, which is from uh, the Brazilian Amazon. And so it has a lot of health benefits, uh, the same flavor profile as a peanut, but I, but I uh, ended up selling that company to my partner. And then where can my audience find you and follow you for season three? So I'm at The Real Sheetal Patel on Instagram. And that is the same for TikTok at The Real Sheetal Patel. Thank you so much, Sheetal. This was so fun. Thank and you for having me. Yeah. I'm so glad we're, you know, we've become friends and I can't wait to share this episode. And we are really, really looking forward to seeing your story kind of evolve in the next season. Thank you. Thank you so much. The Indian Matchmaking Series has been brought to you by The Chai Box, a premium tea company and one of Oprah's favorites right here in the U.S. I especially love the Chai Tonic, Coconut Mela, Hill Station, and Punjaban Party blends. And there's also a Chai Concentrate that you can have on ice. You can shop products at thechaibox.com and remember to use my code MOMSENSE, M-O-M-S-E-N-S-E, to receive 10% off. That's code MOMSENSE to receive 10% off at the Chai Box. Sheetal, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I loved how we just hit it off right away and are so connected. You are a bright light, and I wish you and Neeraj all the love and prosperity in the world. I can't wait for my audience to get to know you better. You can follow her at the real Sheetal Patel on Instagram. And of course, my handle is at Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm going to be posting highlights of our interview on my feed. You can write into me at thatstotalmomsense at gmail.com. I love, love your reviews and fan mail and suggestions for series. And you can log on to the website for any information you need. And that's thatstotalmomsense.com. Also check out our sponsor, The Chai Box. They have the most luxurious flavors of chai. My favorites are Lavender Nights and Chai Tonic for cold and flu season. And learn more about them at thechaibox.com. The brand was anointed by Oprah, so you know, you know, it's good. Thank you again for tuning in. As always, remember to trust your mom sense and dad sense. Stay strong, super parents. I'll see you soon. That's total mom sense.